This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's Wednesday Wonders, science fiction and fantasy on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. You're listening to The Carlson Chronicles, an audio drama with a twist. This is a Privy Projects production. The Freehold Federation Council meeting was to begin at 5 a.m. on 7 June 4062. There was much to discuss. The time had been set because of a situation with the King of England. It's going to be a busy day. As acting chair, I call this meeting to order. I yield the floor to His Royal Highness, Geoffrey Windsor. I come before this council with sad news. My father has died. He was our king and loving guide for 102 years. All of England is in mourning with me. Is there anything we can do? No, Rachel. I stand here to rededicate our alliance with the Freehold Federation. Thank you for your support. We will be moving our seat of government from Cornwall Freehold to Austin House in New London. My residence is still under construction, so I will be working out of the Freehold. With a note to irony, the Royal Residence will be at 321 Baker Street. History is needed, so the mistakes of the past are not repeated. This reference to Sir A.C. Doyle stands as my daily reminder. Sherlock Holmes solved the unsolvable. Will you maintain your commitment to the environment? We join you and the Scribes Council in testifying and affirming our dedication to keeping our ecology clean, energy safe and clear of contamination as best possible. If there is any way we can assist, we are willing to aid your efforts. Our efforts to cover up the toxic remains of old London are proving successful. A layer of sterilized earth and new plantings have taken root. The oak grove symbol of our distant ancestors will once again appear in the bottom right corner of the Union Jack. Hey, remembering the droids is all well and good, but what of the family in the north? Angus, those discussions are proceeding. I must cut my time in this video link short as my brothers and sisters are gathering for my father's funeral. Soon, I will be with you in person. Rachel Robson, Reed and I will join you in four days on the Isle of Wight. Thank you, and may our alliance continue to be blessed. Now on to new member business. I yield the floor to Two Feathers. I am proud to introduce our two newest members. Principal Chief Red Shoes from the Choctaw Nation. Kaylee Forrester appointed as representative of the outcasts in Mississippi. Principal Chief Iron Johns as temporary Forrester representative during the Forrester transition to Chancellor Keita Forrester's government. And Principal Tall Bear of the Navajo, Hopi, and Pueblo Nations. Join me in welcoming them to this assembly. Their images flickered to life on the many screens in the conference room. Reed picks up the pace. Each of you will have a moment to speak, and so I yield to Chief Red Shoes. I am proud to be admitted as an equal nation in the Freehold Federation. The Choctaw are an ancient nation. My namesake lived in the late 1700s. History and trade are some of our passions. With the Comanche, we have extended our reach to Central and South America. Our warriors are now working on a contract basis with Steve Kirkson's Security Forces, LLC. Your shared college with the Creek will continue to operate in Bristoke, Oklahoma, will it not? Please do not confuse us with the Cherokee. Ian Kyleson will be training our teachers at the Scribes Academy and College. Mutual respect and cooperation are critical to all our efforts in bringing the dead areas of our planet back to life. 
May we all benefit from this alliance. Thank you, Chief Red Shoes. Now we move on to our representative, Callie Forrester. I represent the outcasts who elected me just this past week. Our home in Old Mississippi is somewhat isolated. That was once needed. But today we join this legislative body as equals with differences. We are a small but growing nation dedicated to individual rights to life and freedom. Thank you for your invitation and reception. Mm, thank you, Kelly. Next, I yield the floor to Chief Iron Johns. Thank you, Reed. I am here representing all the Forrester nations. While we transitioned from Chancellor Kessa Forrester to Chancellor Keita Forrester's new coalition government. Thank you for your welcome. Mm, thank you, Chief Iron Johns. Our next speaker is Chief Tolbert. I yield the floor. We are a proud people and pleased to be part of this governing structure. As our world moves from ice age to a more temperate climate, our home at Chaco Canyon will return to desert. This will happen over the next thousand years or so, and we will have to adapt. Joining this federation is an adaptation to the political needs of our planet. As an ambassador for the Navajo, Hopi, and Pueblo nations, I will remain attached through my son, Two Feathers. We are strengthened by our acceptance here. The Cherokee join us here today as a member for the first time. I yield the floor to Chief Little Turkey. It is with great pleasure that we join the Freehold Federation. Our citizenship here means that you recognize our culture and us as equals. No more will we be persecuted or forcibly removed from our lands as was done in the past. It also means our ancient tribe becomes a full defensive partner. We are proud warriors with a history stretching into prehistory. Never again will we stand alone. We are joined in mutual respect for nature and the nurture of our lands. Our shipwrights are busy preparing the harbors to build and deploy the scribe fleet. Our traders are procuring the metals and ceramics necessary to complete the tasks. We also have a stake in seeing the planet isn't overpopulated. Our association with the Forester Nations means our aerospace efforts are beginning the builds for shuttles and drones. We are connecting us to the space colonies by more than radio. Agreements have been made with the Apache and Caddo to build a spaceport at Burns Flats, Oklahoma. Those ancient landing strips will be recovered soon. Once again, we will embrace a future in space exploration. Proud and strong, we are the Cherokee. Reed and company move on to old business. The wheels of government move slowly, especially before breakfast. Two Feathers, Rachel and Bobby April are at Rachel's apartments. Each had their sword attached to new belt hooks custom made for just that purpose. Tad Johnson and Kessa stayed over at Ian's cabin above Jed Johnson Lake. They would be coming tomorrow. It's June 8th, 4062. I'm glad Tony Homeperm got their salon back. Darn tootin', Charlie. Those snakes, Seth Tilly and Rorick, are gone and I got to go home. This is the Radio Free Black Sea Network. Our programs are brought to you by Steve Kirkson Security Forces, LLC. History in the Making is a radio show for all those not stuck in the mud. Now on to the show. I guess I'll have to get used to that, breaking in when my circuits are contemplating the next sentence. So, Ian has announced his school and Don Wilson as its first headmaster. Ted Johnson is to write a book. Bobby April came back to help Rachel and Two Feathers come to grips with alternative realities in parallel universes. Let's drop in. They're at Rachel's kitchen table. Coffee in hand. I want coffee. A waltz plays softly in the background. This thing in my head is like there are two of me. One that hates the vampires and one that hopes vampires can never invade our world. How could there be two of you? The time paradox works like this. Memory forms the timeline where your native and recollections of alternate realities collide. Our subconscious works hard to unify memory. I know about conflicting memory. Kyle visited me after his death, and to this day, it seems real. It was likely real, Rachel. It also means that Two Feathers is slotting the information in the correct order. You did that as well. Two Feathers was gone from this timeline for three days. 
existed in the alternate reality for over a month. Knowing that it really did happen will, in time, allow for those memory sublimation. The memories aren't gone, just slotted in space-time within the person's mind. AIs have no such debilitation. Are you telling me it will just go away? No, memory doesn't go away. It does stay with the perspective applied by our minds. Is that the main danger in using the scribe's passage? Yes, it isn't the only danger. Becoming lost in time is a possibility. I came from an alternate human evolution in time. Kyle grabbed me as I was dying. The Robert April that lived here lived 1600 years ago. I'm a person out of my time. It seems there is an imprint of your mind that forever lives in the matrix of the scribe's passage. I did the math once. It took me nine days to get through all those equations when I trained after Kyle died. The energy drain from our bodies is the equivalent of two meals. Is that what ties us to home? It's one of the probable issues that kept us tethered to our timelines. The matrix itself allows us to heal our bodies as it creates that imprint. We focus on a time when we were healthy, and that self emerges at the targeted destination. Kyle explained it to me when Sarah and I were brought here. It does work. We are living proof. So it bestows an immortality of some kind? Not in a literal way. If I understand what Bobby's described, we are still mortal. That's the fact of the matter. Only our essence is immortal. The ancients called it a soul. It represents that 21-ounce weight loss that occurs at death when it leaves the body. That, of course, is over and beyond the emptying of bowels and the instant loss of tissue cohesion. Yuck. Did you have to mention that? Biological fact requires a mind over queasy stomach control that is, well, sometimes hard to attain. <laughs> you two are just far enough out there to make my head hurt. Every bit has been observed and scientifically recorded. We can't yet fully explain our souls, but we can describe them. How does that help me align my mind? The Apache do peyote rituals. Vision quests were common ones. The active ingredient in peyote is mescaline. It is a controlled substance. We can induce the trance state without the drugs using plumwood. Drug use and its effects are far worse than any vision quest cure. Initially, I suggest we yank the entity you identified as Bob the Robot out of time. As an artificial intelligence or AI, there will be no effect on Bob, but will allow clarity from his recollection. Charlie, wouldn't you agree? The reasoning is sound. I'm unsure of how to find Bob in the chaos of time and place. It would require two feathers to link to the entity as none other than Lars has done or would recognize the robot's essence. How should we proceed? I believe that I can find Bob from the clues in what Rachel recorded of the events and two feathers own link to that time. I can focus the event horizon. I have the time and place in my memory banks. I've already done the math. When do we kidnap Bob? At the end of the story, of course. Those moments where Bob's mind come to rest. It would be shortly after the events in question. Then, we put him back exactly where he was. That way, all the timelines stay undisrupted. The planning continued for the kidnapping of Bob the Robot. We need to shift to late evening of June 8th, 4062 in JJC, where Kelly and Steve Kirkson are talking at Kelly's house. We're going to take a short sponsor break. We'll be right back after this message. Imagine the world around you is nothing but an illusion. Creatures of legend wage endless wars between shadow and light, but you never see it. Even now, dark forces threaten reality as we know it, but most people never know they exist. This is the world I walk in. I am called Byron. And these are my chronicles. The Byron Chronicles. Available at ericbosbypresents.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere else podcasts are available. Now, back to our show. Kelly pours coffee for her father and herself. 
they are sitting at a well-appointed living area in her small house at JJC. Talking has subsided into the smell of fresh brewed coffee and cinnamon coffee cake. We listen in as discussion resumes. I'd like to go with you to the Black Sea Freehold, should you accept the posting Ian's offered. But why? I'm old and tired. A change of scenery might give me back some of the energy age has taken. My businesses are in solid hands here. The radio station is basically running itself. My crew knows what to do. Jack is taking over management at the security company. Renee Gretchen Dodder is running my travel agency as well as Steve Anthony's bank. Dad, you just started all this stuff. Why leave it in other hands? My businesses are set up so I don't have to be here. I'd like to work with Tony Home Firm and grow the Radio Free Black Sea Network into a Radio Free Europe Network. Then there is Africa and Asia, as yet untouched, wild, empty, and no longer under threat of constant revolution and war. Dad, you're not old. I'm going to the Black Sea Freehold. My home will remain here. Holidays and vacations are likely the only times I'll be here. Does that factor into your choices? Not so much. I mean, we aren't as close as we once were. You are an adult with adult responsibilities. One of the main reasons is my arthritis. The humidity makes everything hurt. I'll still hurt, but the mineral baths there will warm my aching bones. The Black Sea gives me more freedom to grow beyond what I am. Why, you may have 50 years or more to do different things. I'd like to follow up on so much that has happened in the time since Kyle died. The opportunities are endless. The Scribes Council meets here, so I'll be tethered. Ian's using a model from history. The Templars were forced until the church turned on them. Their unsecretive natures made them an easy target for suspicion. He's to use the business model, but the secrets have to become open and transparent this time. No more secrets are the goals for our effort in building the future. I don't know. It'll take time to settle in at Black Sea. Are you sure you want to leave the comfort of the Freehold Three? Yes. Chaos is more appealing than security right now. So, I guess we're decided. Sorry to break in, Charlie. Steve, when can you teach me all I need to know about radio, honey? I'm ready. How'd you know I decided to go? Charlie informed the Black Sea AI as part of the moment-by-moment updates. Charlie, you're supposed to let us announce such things. I know, but the Black Sea AI, or Charlie II, as he calls himself, blabbed it to Tony Homeperm. Tony was going to call Kelly anyway. I'm moving the security lockouts to the beginning of each message from the end. That should stop that. Oh, I'll keep it secret. Have mercy, but it's fun to know something before everyone else does. Thank you, Charlie. Please notify all that need to know about the security transmittal changes. Kelly! Sainana left us last week, and I'm not sure about the new health and safety requirements for each primary school. I'll review her after-action report and get back to you as soon as I can. Oh, honey, would you? Thanks. I'll see you soon. Wow. Steve Kirkson relinquishing control to his people and letting them run the show? I never thought I'd see that happen. Kelly is becoming a full scribe. The times, they are changing. From the great sage Bob Dylan. You know, I might just take that remote gig Tony Homeperm wants me to do about classic rock and heavy metal music. I could call it from the 1950s to eternity. It could be fun. What do you think? Too much? Oh well, who's the thought? Jack Bilson's in his office alone and muttering. Ian's revelations had been unsettling. He liked his well-ordered world. Being the scribe in charge of the Navy was a future he'd never envisioned. Then a knock on the door. 
revived him from his contemplations. Edder, are you really awake or just making a good show of being awake? I'm here, really. Ian sure shakes things up. What's your take on the Navy and Scribe security services? Uh, they're a necessary layer outside of the squabbling government that history shows us how people build. We must make a statement of power and control as a guide and security for the future. Eventually, they will be a space force to take us to the stars. We don't ever want to overpopulate this wonderful planet of ours again. It is a resource, poor and rich at the same time. Did you really just say all that? Sounds like an advertisement from the old videos. Is this really a good path? I think so. It's a buck stops here thing. Ian's nailed down the need to take the worry off the backs of others and assume those responsibilities through the Scribes' Council. So, what's the long-term goal? Jack, Ian wants to make sure we make fewer mistakes this time around. Government, religion, and nation-building are always going to go on. He wants a world where individuals can grow at the pace each person can handle. His choices were forced, and he doesn't want others to have choices forced on them. That's the fact I needed for buy-in. That's a cause I can believe in. The freehold has been my life, but it also limited my choices. I can leave now to help secure a future where individuals' right to choice drive a diverse culture. I'm just not sure how Ian's going to pull it off. Ian's going to do his job and guide. That's the simplistic view of this plan. You and I know he can't do it alone. One becomes many when people join the cause. We are stewards of the Earth and its peoples. That's what it is to be a scribe. I don't even want to tackle religion. Personally, I'm going to focus on the historical and keep out of the hysterical. There's been more than enough of that in history already. That one guy just screwed everything up according to historical writings. It made me so mad just to read all of it. Keeping what has happened and why is more than enough for me. The ecology of our planet and its health falls to the scribes. People are always so caught up in living that they don't realize what their actions do to the planet. I'll be here to remind them of what can happen, long after I'm dust. I'll be a ghost in the AI which never wavers. Another convert. Jack's on board. Whew, that could have gone either way. Now on to Tad Johnson. His ambassadorial apartments are now rebranded as Sir Elder Representative Apartments to the Freehold Council. That vote was his peer's gift to one Mr. Johnson. Okay, okay, so still moving up at over 120 years old. We join him and Kessa at lunch. You cook very well. I'm glad to share such delicacies as you have presented. I'm just happy you agreed to share my quarters. Your friendship is fulfilling. I needed a friend. My own grown children have lives of their own, so thank you. I'm here, and Kita is settling in at the Capitol. She didn't want the job either. I have an urgent message from Quanta Parker Settlement. The Capitol Guard is on the communications unit. Please turn on your unit to receive the message. I'm complying. Johnson, read the message aloud. Kita Forrester, head of state, Forrester Confederation, has been murdered. Seth Tilly and a band of outcasts have been detained. It is judged initially that Mr. Tilly is insane. He led the band and personally murdered Kita and her guards with a bomb placed in the West Tower gate complex. He still had the detonator in his hands when apprehended. The trial will commence in nine days. Tad Johnson and Kessa held each other in their grief. The pain would resonate for days. Rory was on his way to the freehold. The Arbiters wanted to know how Seth Tilly had escaped his banishment caravan to the Big Bend region in Old Texas. Too many questions need answers. Ian and Carrie would be back within the week. They were driving in from the North Platte area in Old Nebraska. Carrie's communique expressed his sorrow. It is also said that the light seemed to dim in Ian's eyes. He, too, was deeply affected. Ian and Carrie are entering into the Badlands, south of the northern Kansas borders. The half-track is moving slowly across country. The mood is somber. Ian is staring straight ahead. Carrie is concerned because Ian hadn't spoken a word in six hours. Charlie, has the detailed report we asked for been compiled and transmitted yet? No. I believe that would bring closure when it is uploaded. 
I will definitely let you know. Kessa is at Rachel's. She is deep in grief. Rachel, Johnson, and Jack are with her. The Forrester frequencies are chaotic. The technicians are working hard to isolate the government complex's specific channels. When there is additional news, I will advise you. Thank you, Charlie. Could you find some of that classical guitar Ian loves so much and play it? I need noise to stay awake. This is Bolero. I will follow it with some rock classics to make sure you stay alert. Jangling your mind with screaming guitars never made sense to me, but ending up in a gully would not be a good end of the day for me. You're an hour out of what are the ruins of Wichita, Kansas and making excellent time. The camera shows smooth, flat ground for the next 40 miles. Is there anything else I can do? Talk to me. I really don't know what to say. What would you like to know? I need to know about the founding. I have documents describing many aspects about the founding of Freehold 3. Please pick a summary from a scribe's point of view. How Freehold 3 was created. November 6, 2031. Extract from one of Rachel Cohen's diaries. Rachel Cohen is in her office at Lockheed Martin in Lawton, Oklahoma. The little pond in front of the building is gurgling happily outside the window. I was lost in my thoughts about the latest disasters on the coasts around the world. The barrier failure in the Netherlands has drowned most of that at risk country. The loss of life was horrendous. Wow. I knew the Netherlands was flooded. I never knew they tried to protect themselves with barriers of some kind. Continue if you please. Time to return to reality. The enormity of the Freehold Project weighs me down. The military and defense contractors have co-opted the Phoenix and San Antonio Freehold sites. What a pity. We are committed to taking two battalions of engineers and a company of military police with us into Mount Scott. The addition of the soldiers' families brings our numbers to near 9,000. Wait, I, I thought there were 16,000 when the Freehold three doors were sealed. How did it jump from 9,000? Compassion is the word used in the elders' accounts of the founding. Keep going. I'm not sure how I missed all these details in school. Ephraim has locked down the boring machines two weeks ago. It has been a long haul because he'd not liked the idea of hiding in a hole to begin with. It took six months to dig out the freehold and another month to build housing and mechanicals into the mountain. We will begin moving the bulk of the population into the mountain in 10 days. So the final composition of the freehold wasn't locked down when they stopped digging? That's right. These diary entries don't talk about the rioting that occurred at the freehold doors even after they were sealed. That was just a footnote in the scribe's brief and readings I had to do when I took the scribe's oath. Keep going. What happened next? Rachel Cohen continues. The government is on board. That is my final achievement while at Lockheed Martin. Initially, 16 freeholds have been programmed and planned. 120,000 people sent into exile to safeguard humanity. My project made 17. The sticking point wasn't funding because Mount Scott's freehold was privately funded. It had been the makeup of the planned community within Freehold 3. They had not even included a name in the legislation approving the use of public lands. They stuck us with Freehold 3 because it was the third revision of the legislation that was passed. She wrote that out of order, didn't she? I know it fits in the narrative, but why mention it here? Yes. Humans often reinforce their beliefs by restating what was fact beforehand. Next, she's off into the schools. Setting up the engineering school is my baby. Giving the necessary resources has been a priority for Oklahoma State University and the Colorado School of Mines. Randall Steele was included with his family as university regent in the mountain. He has gathered academics for the liberal arts, agronomy, mathematics, archeology, span anthropology, sociology, medical, and all the rest. It wasn't easy. The families constituted most of the people included. I didn't hear anything about the food production under the mountain. She talks about that too. The hydroponics installation is operational. The algae for fuels, plastics, and animal feed are flourishing in the grow light they've created with the new plasma-filled bulbs. Robert Watkins is in charge. Tell me how the scribes came into being. 35 families have been chosen because they had eidetic memories. They were being trained as scribes and arbiters. It is an old structure. Removing them from the political structure has been the fight from hell. 
In accomplishing their elevation, we had to admit an entire Reformed Jewish sect, a Wisconsin-side Lutheran congregation, two small Baptist congregations, and a group of 60 atheists. That compromise has cost me dearly. The advantage is in gaining tradesmen in a wide range of disciplines. Oh, so that's how religion survived. I know about the volcano in New Mexico. Were there others? Yes, she wrote. I also had to give up the fight against boring into the Yellowstone supervolcano. It is a project destined for disaster. However, the drilling ensured that the supervolcano's eruption has been diverted. So far, only 17,000 people have died in that fiasco. The Earth's erupting volcanoes are still spewing greenhouse gases in epidemic proportions. Smoke from the burning forests adds to the disaster. The clouds of volcanic ash, smoke, and poisonous gases are dimming the sun in our skies. Nothing survives without sun. What else happened just then? Now the oceanographers are screaming about the Gulf Stream. They've been beating that drum since 2007, and finally the current diverted because of the melted water. Fresh melted water from Greenland, the Arctic, and Antarctic made our world governments listen. It was too late to stop the flooding. Western Antarctica is turning green. The rising waters have already destroyed Florida, New Orleans, Mobile, and areas in Texas as the Gulf of Mexico reaches inland. Houston is no more. San Jancito is as close to Houston as we can get to this day. Were the river systems as damaged as the oceans? The Mississippi and Missouri rivers are three miles wide with saltwater infiltration. Bull sharks are being sighted as far north as Minneapolis and St. Paul. Washington, D.C. is a brackish water swamp once again. So the administrators elected by those entering the freehold have already been chosen and were on the ground. It is their job to oversee the mob. Yes, she was proud of her husband and said so. I am proud that Efren has been picked as one of those elders. It is his headache and all I have to do is teach operating systems and languages once everyone is inside the mountain. My workload is going to be less than it had been in the past four years. The respite is going to be nice, I hope. I want out of politics. The title of Lockheed Martin Aerospace Legislative Liaison is long past being wonderful. At least I got the freehold approved. We'll live in safety. Safe but imprisoned until the instruments and surface evaluation teams say it is safe on the surface. End of the day, November 6, 2031. Was that sufficient? Where are we? The dust storm is getting bad. Five minutes from what was once downtown Wichita, Kansas. You've been driving since the notice of Keita's death was presented. Your body shows signs of needing rest. I'll rest when we get to the Forester Settlement at Call Lake. Can you drive if I get too tired? I can. My optics are better than yours. Will you rest then? Can I do so in the seat? You can. I'll disable the foot controls. Stretch out and sleep. Is he in awake? His vitals show he is awake. Ian. Talk to me. I knew this was going to happen. And I let her go anyway. I tried and tried to tell her. She thought I was being selfish, Carrie. I never told her I loved her. Why didn't I do that? Charlie, how far to the Forrester Settlement at Call Lake? And do they have a hotel or inn? Ian, we don't always know how to say what we feel. 47 minutes. No new reports have come in yet. I'll call ahead. A room will be ready for each of you. Please do. Also, thank you very much, Charlie. We're going to take a short sponsor break. We'll be right back after this message. Moonbase, Hope Colony. The year is 4067. Our ancestors were sent here to preserve mankind in the face of the devastation on Earth. Unbeknownst to us, Earth survived. We can never go home to that atmosphere and survive it. We are the next iteration of mankind's future. Listen to our stories as we continue to adapt to this harsh environment. The Kyleson Chronicles legacy can continue through our struggles here 
in space, our home. Now, back to our show. It's 17 June 2062. The gathering for Kita's memorial was seven days after her death. Everyone who was anyone had made the trip to Ian's school at the Narrows. Don Wilson was officiating. Steve Kirkson did the remembrance panels lining the spaces between standing stones erected for her memorial. Ian was to be the last to speak. It had been a tough week for Ian. He tried first to hide his emotions and then tried to find appropriate ways to express them. Rory would handle the actual internment. Rachel simply watched and sat with Gessa. Together they faced the horror of losing a child. It wasn't a way. It was a traditional forester celebration of the person's life. Short and to the point is their way. We join just as Don begins to speak. Today we gather in the sight of these witnesses to celebrate Keita Forrester. She was unique. At our first meeting I called her the Elfin One. It stuck. Beautiful, powerful, so full of life and emotion she stands apart. Her mind eclipsed her beauty and its brilliance. Forester hunters are a breed apart. Cunning and speed meant her companions never lacked for food, even in the most desolate areas of our world. The humor in her voice was at odds with the blunt questions and pragmatic skills she displayed as a leader of the Foresters. I'm honored to talk to you all on her behalf. She would say things that only she could be brash enough to try. She was the first to realize that she wanted to be one of Ian's companions. When she could have returned to duties less intense, she stayed. She learned to cook a little. Weeks before she left to become the Chancellor of the Forrester Confederacy, she asked me to teach her. Her comment was that someday she might need to know how to make more than fish, steaks, eggs, and toast. I'm deeply saddened that I never got the chance to teach her. I will miss her wit and control. When she had to introduce Ian to the clan chief's dinner guest just weeks ago, she managed to keep things moving when Ian would stay and talk after his goals were met. Brash, intelligent, and loyal describe her back. Kida was ever questioning. She was a formidable warrior. Her best skills were in diplomacy. When I would falter, she was always there to keep me on task. Her bluntness never offended me, even when telling Lars their catch from Jed Johnson Lake had to be cleaned and gutted. She did that before they even went fishing. Her time sense was amazing. Never did she seem out of step or rushed. In a word, she was the glue keeping our team rolling and on track. When it was her place to be in the background, Kita was a sponge missing no detail. The grace she displayed in hunting transferred to personal relationships, never forgetting a detail and was able to tactfully guide without taking over in any situation. Her destiny was best as a scribe's companion and member of the scribe's council. We were enriched by her life. There was a time when I felt alone. Then Kitta came into my life. The way glittering sunlight illuminates her surging eyes will always stay with me. She knew what to say when I was struggling and, and, and how to motivate the young man I still am. I find myself enraged and hurt by her needless death more than I could ever imagined. We dance around the fact that we loved her. She was gentle and kind. Her words will ring forever truthful in my mind. She was honor and calm reflection personified. Now. I have to say goodbye. It's far too soon for me. This grove of oaks planted here in her memory will remain tended and loved 
for as long as this school continues. The name of this school is now Kidda Forrester Scribes Academy College. This complex within these standing stones is a place to forever remember her. My sister is loved. Cask and castle bearers come forward. Guide this crystal and gold resting capsule with me to Kita's resting place. Tears were abundant on everyone's face, but more so on Ian's. Six soldiers, three of them foresters, one Comanche because they demanded to be involved, an Apache warrior and Jack Bielson lifted the cut crystal and lead-sealed casket. Through blinding tears, Cassa and Rachel carried capsules enclosing gold plates etched with the words of remembrance. All followed Roy into the mausoleum where they gently placed Kida on her final pedestal for rest. She looked stunning in her forest leathers, the light illuminating her peaceful face. The blast that killed her had left her face unmarked. It's 19 June, 4062. I'm so excited. It's time to kidnap Bob the Robot. He's been located in time, and two feathers, Lars and Bobby April, are ready to reach through space-time. When he was located, both Lars and Two Feathers noticed the more animal feel to his mind. Bobby had a ROM burner brought in from the Phoenix Freehold. The scribe's passage would do the rest. The old chips would still carry the pathways to Bob's consciousness. Replacing the damaged chips should allow a restoration of the pathways and the data from them allowing a restoration of function also. The programming changes should be easy to fix. After all, Bob was a medical bot with multiple redundancies built in. Are we ready? I am. It was my doppelganger duplicate that was with them. After the experience of meeting them, I sense Bob's sad consciousness. <sighs> he is like a dog bereft of its master. Let's just get this done. Can we please? It took only moments as they shimmered in and out of existence as Byron moved beyond the door that he stepped through. The next instant, they were back. Bob held in two feathers' arms. Byron and the other personage in that room seemed unaware of their movements. Lay him out on that standing bench in the lab. We'll work there. Two days and many a false starts later, the robot's intelligent eyes flickered and then glowed with life. <laughs> Where am I? Where is my master? You're safe in the freehold. I'm sad to say we'll have to put you back after we've talked. Lars Olofsson, you seem different. I sense no fear, only curiosity. Hello, Two Feathers. You seem sad, but better. Bob, do you know what that cube was that allowed the destruction in that segment of the continuum? I do not. What I know is that it was a face of pure evil. I did the calculations and took my master out of space-time to the door. My power cells were all but depleted. Then he took my mind. Why? Bob, he had only one remaining task for you. He uses people and AIs like they are a tool to achieve his own ends. We all have the capacity to do good or evil. You are more than a tool. You are a friend. Is the evil entity now contained in this blackened crystal? I believe it is. Do you require medical attention? I am a medical bot, after all. Would it be wise to send this crystal back through space-time to your master? I do not know. It would only be used for evil in the pursuit of good. The emotions involved make my circuits hurt. Destroy it and rid the worlds of it. Well, that seems to clear things up. How would or do we destroy it? Calculate a time and place where it can do no harm and leave it there alone. Only those like Byron could ever retrieve it. I can even now feel it drawing energy from two feathers. The tendrils of energy are visible to my sensors. Alone, it will starve. That could be done. Do you have any suggestions on when and where? A place where time is different, where days are not regulated by the sun's rise and setting where it is alone and cannot leech from any living being. You will need this. 
Bob pulled Byron's blackened bracelet from his metal wrist. He had taken it from the car when he, Byron, and Tangera arrived at the place of the door. Boy, that Eric Busby guy sure can screw things up in that world. We have our own. Byron gave it to Kyle Robeson, and Ian handed it to me at a meeting a few days ago. We will do just as you suggest. My circuits are self-repairing. Would it be possible for me to stay in this segment of the continuum? Follow me and I'll take you home. We recharged your power cells. I have a place in Ian's apartments. They are open rooms. You would be welcome. Charlie, would you carry a message to Ian for me and get Kenny to set up a room for the bot? You never had a choice about much, have you? A bot has a job, not choices. Is there a specific name you would like to be referred to besides Bob? A robot in our culture has the same choices as any other individual. Bob, I'm Charlie, the AI. The crystal would have to be removed from space-time as soon as they could find a place like Bob had described. I think... I think I would like to be called Professor. Yes, that suits me just fine. Professor, it is that. Nice to meet you, Professor. Likewise, I think. Charlie. Steve Lowell Gates, scribe, stood at the door into Ian's apartments at Freehold 3. He didn't know why he should be nervous, but he was. He also didn't know why he was at Freehold 3. Bobby April hadn't said anything about why when he authorized Gates to come to Freehold 3. All he'd said was that it isn't his place to explain. So he'd gathered the notes he'd been taking on ancient musical forms and dove into the scribe's passage. Summoning up all his courage, he rang the doorbell. Kenny Stevenson opened the door. It's 18 June, 2062. I'm Kenny, your friendly door greeter and records keeper. You're Scribe Gates. Nice to meet you. I knew you were coming. There's coffee and Ian's in the kitchen. Follow me. There are bagels and baskets of coffee cakes. I'm glad to be here, although I don't know why I'm here. Ian will explain. I don't know why either. They walked to the kitchen. Jack Bilson, Gene Binos, and Rachel were there with Ian. What a group that is. I think I might rather face an inquisition than all those searching eyes. It could be intimidating. Gates wasn't intimidated. He was struck silent. He sat in the chair at the foot of the table and waited. He did get a cup of coffee before sitting down. It had always been too expensive an import on his salary in his life at the Phoenix Freehold. I ask for your attendance because we have an offer to make you. I want to post you as the scribe for Melbourne Freehold. I also want you to commute via Scribe's Passage to the Scribe's Academy and teach music. Are you ready for that kind of monumental task? I am. Music tells the story of our lives. Teaching others would suit my skills. The Melbourne Freehold Post will be tough. But I look forward to meeting Angus and getting started there as well. Angus, did the AI link let you hear all that? Aye, so it did. Young Gates will be welcomed by the elders here. Captain of this fine old ship here in Melbourne he will be. The mining folks still have opals to dig. Jean Binyas, your experience as clan leader can help these poor people we have been tasked with saving. When does he come down under? I would like to join you in your endeavor. I was to be part of Cassie's team, but find your assignment a better fit for my talents. I'm a simple man who wants to help. I'll come when the folks tell me I'm done here. So you accept the challenge then? I do. I see multiple pages of notes on the table. What else is there that I need to know? There is enough work to see all of us into the next millennium. Okay, tell me. The Australian Aboriginal population must be reborn. They are the shepherds of the land. Seth Tilly all but exterminated them in his racism. Angus has been briefed. Mom and the scientist here will be in and out of your domain almost daily. Melbourne Freehold Schools must be restarted, and the race is to be reborn. Charlie, did you get the genetic data study transferred to Angus? 
I did, but it remains incomplete until DNA is captured from the remaining Aborigines. Because our data is incomplete, it will take even longer to start the processes. I've got work to do then. I'm ready to get started. When do I leave? When all the briefings are done. Ian, have you got his sword? I do. Kenny, could you get the sword for my study? Going. An ordinate Toledo broadsword with gold and platinum blade inlays was retrieved. Kenny handed it to Ian. This is your badge of office. Let it be a sword of truth. Scribe Gates, you're my scribe now, and I'll be a stolid companion. When do I get my sword? Kenny, soon enough for all the headaches being a full scribe will bring you. That's done. There is more to come from remembering 2062, but that will be brought out as needed. The date shifts to April 4th, 4067. Hang on to your hats. Here we go. Until the next episode, this is Charlie the AI. Oh, yeah, and your narrator. Signing off. Neither. Really? Jeez. <laughs> what now? Am I an AI too? Jeez, what's next? Another Charlie? <laughs> Chapter 1 Outro. With the King of England gone, Will His Royal Highness Geoffrey Windsor Mountbatten take up the scepter? Will he have any opposition? Cherokee Chief Red Shoes joins the Federation Council as a nation with the rest of his Cherokee tribe. Will he accept being equals with all the other Indian chiefs beside him? Kali and the outcast nations are duly named as they had wished to be and joined the Freehold Federation with their motto, Equals with Differences. What will she offer in return for help to the Federation Council? We know that Stephen Lowell Gates got his sword and is posted to the Melbourne Freehold. Will he take on that huge mantle of responsibility? And if so, how does he handle it? Special thanks to our good friend Eric Busby, for the use of the professor, formerly known as Bob the Robot, from his award-winning podcast, The Byron Chronicles, featuring David Alt as Byron, heard on ericbusbypresents.com. Tune in next time to find out these answers and the new troubles to come. Thank you for listening to The Kyleson Chronicles. I'm your announcer, Judith Spangler, signing off. Chauncey Haworth, Mark Slade, and Lothar Tuppen. The demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour bring you... Twisted Pulp Magazine. A journey beyond surreality to worlds you never knew or hoped existed. Worlds of the supernatural. Worlds of dark satire. Worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E.com. Music.